calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune into the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Bad boy. Four, five, six. B I G. I want to do something impossible. I want to point to the sky at another planet and say, I used to live there. I think I've said that out loud before. Does it sound silly? Too many people on Earth. I think they're right. So we gotta figure out a way to get to Mars. Make some more people up there or something. I don't know. It's getting crowded down here. Spiciness is what's spicy about it. You know what I love about the Kevin and Bean Show? They make me feel like less of a failure at my own job. Thanks, guys. And now. Meow, 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 meow. Our feature presentation. I mean, at least that's not annoying. So we got that going for us. Not at all. Which is nice. I hope someone woke up right at that moment. <laughs> morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It's Tuesday morning, the 5th of February. Uh, happy uh, Lunar New Year. I'm told it is no longer uh, politically correct to say Chinese New Year. It's Lunar New Year now. Oh, Okay. And uh, it's the year of the pig, you guys. So make uh, the appropriate adjustments to your life and your schedule. Okay. Year of the pig is finally here. You know, I was thinking about more, eat more bacon, sausage. No, that's not uh, that's not the direction oh. we're going here. Okay. I was thinking as we were listening to uh, Rodney with his uh, astonishingly accurate comments about how it's getting crowded down here and we need to all start moving to Mars. Um, whatever happened? Remember, we had that that lady on Kevin. I was so jealous, so excited. Who was one of the finalists for that uh, one way trip to Mars? Yep. Remember, some people were going to go and they were going to live on Mars. Bean wanted to do that so badly. Oh, I would have signed up for it in a heartbeat. Absolutely, it's a, it's a good yeah. look. Yeah, but um, I feel like that, if I remember correctly, and it's been a couple of years now, that was a it wasn't a government uh, program; it was some private private company. Right. Um, it just. Like I never heard another same. word about it. Did that just dissipate? Is that not happening anymore? I don't know. Well, it's the same thing as Lance Bass. Remember Lance Bass was supposed to go to the moon? The or Russians something? or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah maybe, but... Maybe yeah. he went. I haven't heard from him. Who knows, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he may live there yeah, now. Gone. No, he wasn't going to the moon. He was just going up to like the space shuttle or something like that. Lame. He wanted to be one of those uh, private citizens who paid, but he didn't want to come up with the money. Because you know he can only make so much driving Uber, so it was he was looking for somebody to donate the twenty million dollars it would cost to make him a citizen in space. Same, same. But I think that has happened. Lance Bass didn't do it, but other citizens, just regular people, have already done that. Have already gone up to the space up to the space station. I, I think. But I just wonder what happened to that whole Mars deal because that sounded like it was going to be awesome. It was Mars One. It was called, if I remember correctly. Her name was Sue Ann Pien. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And right. Bean well, should know. have been right below that name. So we need an update. We would, do. Would you colonize Bean? Um, well, I think... Um, do you think they have ISDN line there? 
<laughs> You're wondering if I would broadcast from there? Yeah. The time I think, difference. Yeah. I think the delay of the time difference would be uh, insurmountable. He's two years ahead of us. Imagine the sadness of the lonely broadcast from Mars of being alone. <laughs> but... B loves being alone. That's true. Yeah, so, I do. I don't know. Um, we talked about this at the time, and uh, Kevin could not have uh, passed faster or no, harder. it's absurd. But because you die. Because you die up there, and you never see anyone in your life again. And I understand why, you know, you got kids and stuff like that. I understand why your situation But you there. have... I have a wife. wife. I know. Well, how yeah. do you just say to her, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave forever on my way to Mars. And she's going to go, good luck. Honestly, they have a she, complex relationship. I think she'd be fine with yeah. it. Do you? Wow. I, I do. Well, that's <laughs> another problem that you should look into deeply. I think she'd be fine with it. Right. But the only the only downside that I was thinking about is you don't go by yourself. You go with fellow space travelers. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, you kind of kind of like in The Martian, you set up a little greenhouse or something like that that everybody lives in. And that's pretty that's pretty limited space. Okay. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it would... <laughs> Excuse me? My bad. No. <laughs> it would be like being... It was being a sign a... from Mars. Right? <laughs> it would be like being in a, a motel room with like five other people for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, that doesn't seem perfect for you either. And I also well, don't depending know... Depending on who they are. And I also... Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, if Emily Redakowski is one of them, you know, now we're talking. There we go. There it was. That's what I was trying to... Yeah. Here we go. Get up. And I also don't remember, and I should have done any bit of research before I brought this dumb topic up, but I also don't remember, are we at the point where you can leave that enclosure and, like, walk around on Mars or no? Are no, we it's hot as hell, isn't it? I I think it is, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you could just walk around. Well, then what are you, sta- what are you standing and sleeping and, and sitting on on the surface of Mars? Some sort of dome, right? Some sort of setup they create. I mean, listen, we're... We're making up a lot of fiction here. Right. But I'm saying, like, isn't it – wouldn't they create, like, a camp and you would live in the camp and that would be able I to – I saw a guy on Mars and he planted plants so that he could eat. Right. That that's was right. crazy. That was right. a movie. That's, that looked cool. That's yeah. what I mentioned, the Martian. It would be a situation like you live on the – like the guy in the Martian did. Right. Right. But so, so what you're saying, Jensen, is they would send ahead. They would send some sort of a uh, some sort of a campsite, a tent or something like that. that they would send ahead, and and somehow you would somehow <laughs> live in that camp. Yes, they're going to send a tent. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We uh, we're sending a bunch of people up to Mars, which is a huge celebration. But we're sending people before that to set up the camp. But they don't mean anything. Oh no, they don't have to set it up. They're just sending oh, the stuff up there, yeah. and then Bean has to fight with the tent to get it to work. <laughs> yes, I think that's what it was. I think just like the Mars rover landed on Mars, I think the plan was that they were gonna they were gonna uh, dead drop right. the materials necessary to build the tent. And then once the people got up there, that was going to be their first job was putting the tent together. Wearing like a suit. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, it sounds right. like a solid plan. Yeah, this know. is right in line. We should set this up. <laughs> right. This is a good bit. We should send you to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave. Yeah. Um, if, uh, if Kevin agrees, I'd love to reach out if we still have contact information for Sue Ann and yeah. find out whatever happened to that program and what she knows about it. Because she was very enthusiastic about it. And uh, she would certainly be keeping track of where we're at. And I, that, right? if I remember correctly, she was really serious about it. Oh, absolutely! Like a hundred percent in. She would thought through everything she, except for the tent. And she definitely wasn't the astronaut who wore diapers and drove to Florida. No, no that no. was not her. Okay, good. that was not. Her. Good. That was much better. Right. So let's get let's get Sue Ann on and let's find out about the tent and like if I can still go. I, f- I feel like they're not gonna they're not gonna let me go, but I'm I I would like to reapply. Okay. Okay. All right. No one's against that. So. 
here we come, Mars. Yeah, make <laughs> make way, Lance Bass. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about today's Kevin and Bean show, shall we? I think you're lying. I mean, Bean has to do at least today's show before he leaves for Mars, so mm-hmm. let's work on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to get it together in 24 hours. We I have uh, Haley Joel Osment coming in the studio. He is very funny. He's he good. Have you guys seen Future Man? I have, and I, I love saw it. the first season, yeah. It is fantastic. It is a victim of too much TV because it is very good. It is very and good. Yeah. I said that to my wife. I said, in what world do we not know about this show? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how much TV there is because it's. I think it's one of the best shows out there. Yeah. If you told me that Seth Rogen and Evan were going to come up with a comedy show with you know very little, they have almost all creative control, mm-hmm. I'd be watching every one. But again, too, too much, much TV. TV. Yeah. yeah, sure. Um, we also have tickets to Muse on the program today. Fantastic. Songs that never get old. This is weird to me because, you you know, if you work at a radio station or if you listen a lot, you hear a song over and over and over again. At some point, <laughs> Weezer Africa. <laughs> at some point, you do get tired of Weezer Africa. Right. But there not, are not songs. Not yet, though. Not yet. Not no, yet. no, no, no. Of course we, not. Don't be ridiculous. It's great here. Um, but there are songs for some reason that I could listen to for the rest of my life and they don't burn. It doesn't upset me. And well, I'm glad to hear it again. You, and there may be songs that you've loved for 20 years. Right. And you've heard thousands of times, but you still turn it up and listen to the whole thing when it comes on. And what's the difference between a great song that you love and mm-hmm. it gets old and a great song that you love that never gets old? Uh, that's that's, <laughs> that's a, a, that's a that's, Socrates quote, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's magic right there. Right? That's the arts. Um, <laughs> 23 and Me, we're going to talk about today. Yeah. A uh, guy is suing his parents for being born because he didn't give them consent. I love this guy. He didn't I love this guy, too. Agreed. Um, and animal stories on the show as well today. We'll take a break. We'll come back with what's happening next. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. And it is time for our first look at what's happening. Uh, Allie, are you growing a beard? Yes, it's me, Allie McCray. <laughs> this is what's happening. You look so different today. What's oh, going on? But, but I, you sound just like her. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, things are pretty crazy. Uh, I got a beard, as you know. I look like an Armenian 39-year-old. You can go back to this. Oh, okay, good, good, good to hear. Good to hear. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hey. Uh, well, this year's Super Bowl was clouded in controversy, whether it was the depressingly bland pick of Maroon 5 for halftime or the political issues with Colin Kaepernick or even Donald Trump saying that he wouldn't let Barron play Uh, football the day before seemed like kind of an off-brand comment by him uh well the ratings are in and we finally get to see that the distractions may have affected the big game and it did the defensive battle that resulted in one of the lowest scoring super bowls in history is also now the lowest rated in a decade okay all right via the sports business journal the overnight rating was a 44.9 share which don't get me wrong is a lot of people that's my point but go ahead yeah, but it's still the lowest since Pittsburgh and Arizona battled a decade ago I'm sorry if you've got a hundred million people watching your show mm-hmm. you're you're fine I guess except I for the idea of how much money goes into it but yes I mean it's not like you know I just don't understand how they set that number and then if it only has a hundred million watchers then you go oh what a failure well it that was just a- seems like Crazy bookkeeping. Well, here's the reason. It was a 5% drop in viewers over last year and nearly a 10% drop from the thriller matchup of Patriots and Seahawks. Now, this does not include streaming numbers, so that'll see a jump soon. But experts are blaming fatigue on the always winning Patriots because it's like, why would we watch? They're going to win. Or I'm just bored of them. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the Rams are basically a startup team, which is true. They're not. Both of those things are true. And a super boring game. 
yeah. obviously, has a lot to do with it. I mean, I'm sure that there are people who just gave up on it at some point. I They're wish like, I could have. <laughs> I really would have if I didn't have this gig. I would have been like, I don't need to watch this. This yeah. is garbage. And I would have to I, watch it because it was the Rams. I'd have to see. Exactly. Yeah. And I was surprised to see, because I was among the people poo-pooing the difference that New Orleans was going to make on the national ratings. But, Jensen, is that part of your story about how that actually ended up did, uh, affecting Yeah, the it did. I mean, it's only 1%, basically, of the viewership. But in New Orleans, the lowest-rated market for the Super Bowl, meaning out of every market, New Orleans was the lowest because they had set up a protest based on the no-call that got the Rams to the bowl. Uh, only 25% of houses in the market watched. Which and this sounds, is a football crazy town. That yeah. shows you how effective that boycott bowl was. That is a dramatic, dramatic drop. Uh, again, it doesn't take a huge chunk out of the overall ratings, but it does show you that there are certain markets that just completely didn't watch altogether. So, did you feel that uh, protest out there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was everywhere, and it dominated the news. I mean, it was hundreds of thousands of people in yeah. the streets just saying, hey, you know what? We're going to do anything else other than watch this tainted Super Bowl. And they had, like, music performances. and Yeah, all cool. sorts of stuff and second lines. I wonder, I mean, there's no way to ever know, you know, I wonder how the Saints would have done against the Patriots. Well, when you get to Mars, we'll figure that out. Right? <laughs> A lot. Can, can anyone beat the Patriots, I guess? is like, well, the Eagles did last year, so yeah. I guess it can be done. A lot of fictitious talk this morning. Sure. I'm excited about our, <laughs> our fanfic here at Kevin and Bean. Uh, speaking of low ratings, just the other day we talked about Rent Live and its somewhat disappointing performance, showing a bit of a slowdown for the live musical trend that was all the rage just a few years ago. That was pretty much all we were going to see for a while. Well, it seems NBC is getting cold feet and has decided to cancel the upcoming plan hair live musical no <laughs> yes they, what? they have canceled it it is no longer no! Yeah. yeah you're gonna have to live with it man long hair don't care oh why well they did it because the ratings are low and they're saying it's because that it's such an enormous undertaking they need to have a title that has wide appeal and they're now in the process of acquiring the rights to a couple new shows that they're really excited about we said at the time when Ali reported this story that hair was a terrible idea for yeah. a 2019 musical on television yeah it's not necessarily nobody a... remembers it yeah. at all nobody cares about it it's just goddamn hippies running around naked <laughs> Clint Eastwood just got on the ice right? again get uh, off my line get off my line hair was set to air May 19th, which is pretty crazy. It's close to cancel it out of nowhere, which was to go against the series finale of Game of Thrones, which is just stupid. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but you have to think that since Rent brought in the lowest ratings ever for a live broadcast musical ever, uh, they're getting a little bit pickier about what they'll spend their money on. Yeah. Why? Well, because it, it's, there's an economy with too much television, and mm. it seems like they have to make uh, probably tougher decisions. Why? Well, because uh, again, every there's more ways to you know there's the online stuff. There's just less people are watching TV in general, and so they just have to be a little tighter with their dough. Why? It involves commercials. Here's the thing. So okay. every time that a, a television show airs, <laughs> right. commercial companies purchase time, mm -hmm. and they do it based on how many viewers there are. So if there's less viewers, there's less commercial buys, and then from there they have to pretty much spend less money. Why? Well, it's the idea of economy in general. Economics is the idea of putting out as you know less than what you make back. So there's a supply and demand thing I that goes that. on, and, and that's pretty much what television and all of business is based on. Why? A capitalistic society is more like a, a of the overall idea that capitalism might not be the best thing for a society, but it right. is the thing that currently rules it. So something like uh, 
Johnson and Johnson or these uh, larger companies that purchase into channels, they're looking to make the most money off of their investment, and that makes sense because they have employees and salaries and things that they have to do. So they're looking to make the most money for their dollar. Why? Well, because it's easy to understand. <laughs> because. <all right. laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> congratulations to Andy Cohen, who last night at age 50 became a first-time dad, announcing the birth of his child, Benjamin Allen, on Instagram. The tiny tot who has been, uh, oh, I, I was going to say the tiny tot has been vocal about his surrogate. <laughs> the, uh, Andy Cohen has been vocal about the surrogate that, uh, that he had, and the child has now weighed nine pounds and two ounces at birth. And to celebrate the mitzvah, he shared, wow. yeah, it's a big baby. I was nine nine, you guys. Whoa, that's a bigger baby. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Andy Cohen, not so big, though. No. No. He's... This kid will be taller than him when he's four. That's right. Already, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Jensen, sure... what do you think about the name Benjamin? That's a great name. I love that name. I thought yeah. that's the same thing. Benjamin yeah, Allen, also it. sweet name. Benjamin Allen Cohen. Nice yeah, really name. really good. Nice Jewish boy. Uh, he shared a black and white photo of himself holding his son. It was very cute. Benjamin Allen, the name, is very special to him because it comes from his grandfather on his mother's side, who is named Benjamin Allen, which is something he explained in the caption, along with the words, I'm in love and speechless and eternally grateful to an incredible surrogate, and I'm a dad. Wow. Why? Congratulations, David. Well, he's a dad because he... <laughs> uh, do you think my baby will be friends with Benjamin Allen? Um, no. Thank you. <laughs> the other day we talked about what TV shows we'd bring back, and we all had different answers. But did anyone say Party of Five? The worst name show ever? <laughs> no. Well, no big Party of Five heads. Okay. I mean, it was okay, but it was... Not, not a party. A, not a party. Not a party. <laughs> That's what I know. Uh, well, Freeform has announced the pickup of a Party of Five reboot from the original series creators Amy Lippman and Chris Kaiser, and they're giving it a 10-episode order that will follow the Acosta children. Now, here's where I'm completely confused, because I've never seen Party of Five. Okay. Was there an Acosta family? Oh, I don't remember. I don't the remember. The only thing either. I remember is Little Thurber. They're little English bulldog. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, this is going to follow the English bulldog. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it follows the Acosta children as they navigate daily life to survive as a family unit when their parents are suddenly deported to Mexico. Oh, instead of being killed in a car crash. Right. I, proving I don't know what Party of Five was ever about. I think that's what it was about, was kids yeah, left their behind after left, their yeah. parents died. Well, yeah. now it's about being deported. And then it's it was the kids. Timely as hell. Right. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, that is going to be set up for probably end of the year or 2019. So if you're a Party of Five head, boy, do I have, uh, do I have a show for you. Hey, guys, what if you like basically stalled a second while I look up famous celebrity birthdays? Okay. Uh, Why? Oh, I got it. I got it handed to me. It's <laughs> very nice. Don't you miss uh, Rodney? Very right, much. Right. We don't need to stall. I have it. R.I.P. Happy birthday to Christopher Guest, Jennifer Jason Lee, Laura Linney, Chris Parnell, Duff McKagan, baby. Darren Chris, who I thought was the magician, but it's the actor from Glee. No, and... no, Darren Chris is the drummer for Kiss. Come oh, on, get right. it, get it right, Jensen. <laughs> Darren, Darren Kiss, uh, and also one of my favorite singers of all time and a problematic person in 2019, Bobby Brown, and that's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. 27-year-old Raphael Samuel is reportedly planning on taking legal action against his parents. Okay. That's, that's always old. a little sad, right? It's always ugly when there's uh, when family members are suing one another, certainly. In Mumbai, India, because, quote, they did not ask for his consent to be born. Hero. <laughs> man is a hero <laughs> they didn't get his consent they didn't ask him if he wanted to be bored born so they're suing them in court but wouldn't the day one in front of a judge the question would come up 
how is it even possible to ask a baby that hasn't been born for consent? I will explain baby? that in a little bit. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, claims that he has a great relationship with his parents. By oh, the way. obviously. <laughs> yeah. And he says, I want to tell all Indian kids that they don't have to owe their parents anything. Uh, this is the clip of him being interviewed. The beginning music really made me laugh because I don't know why they chose it. <laughs> well, and then they go right into a guy going, There is this myth in India that we must respect our elders. We must respect our parents mainly. This is absolutely false. You must respect a person's actions. Has that person treated you well? If they are telling you become a doctor or an engineer and they are forcing you towards it, towards something you don't want, you don't have to respect them. Jeez. Okay. That's a hot take. You, I mean, I, I guess my, my argument that I want to say is you wouldn't be here if it weren't for your parents deciding to have children. But that's kind of his point is he didn't want to be here, right? He's saying he doesn't care what came first, the chicken or the egg. He cares if you ask the chicken, can they... Can, will, will you please give the egg? Yes. Right. Basically, right. Now, I'm not positive exactly how this is supposed to work. You know, how, mm-hmm. how they're supposed to get, uh, you know, right. consent makes no sense to me. It's just part of a lo- – I, I read yesterday. It is. Okay, go ahead. Part of a larger group? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you one second after we hear some more from him. What is this logic? Your parents are two people at the age of 2025 20, who just wanted a good night together and then they had you. Okay, so That's the like, only reason. Yeah. <laughs> maybe listen, they, your parents maybe they were wanted their a baby. Early, they're in their early 20s and they wanted to bang, so here I am. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not cool. But what about all the people who, like Jensen and his wife, who, mm-hmm. who wanted a child? They're wrong as well, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. No, you don't have to respect them for that. You respect them if you feel like respecting them. Do not respect the position. Parent is a position, but... A father is also a human being. A mother is also a human being. Respect the human being, not the position. We must not respect the position of the PM or any dictator. You must respect the person that he is. What position were, were his parents in <laughs> I, is my question. I respect some positions. Why is this guy such a dick? Why is he such a miserable dick? He is part of a group called Antinatalism. Okay. And basically what it means, what they believe is human beings are horrible for animals and the earth. Not wrong. And so no one should have kids. So it's well, not that he wants to have given consent. It's that his parents screwed up just by having They should have selfish. never had him. Yeah, they're being selfish by yes. having kids at all. No that, one should have kids. Ar- that, that's an argument, by the way, that I, that you can make. Mm-hmm. Obviously, most people will disagree with it, but I mean, he's living in India, which is a country that has over a billion people. Yeah. And their resources are incredibly strained, and they could do with a little birth control in that country. A little. But he thinks none. Yeah. He says, my life has been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. Who saw that coming? But I don't see I don't see why I should put another life through the rigmarole of school and finding a career, especially when they d- didn't ask to exist. Preach. Okay, then Preach. don't have then don't have kids. Look, dude, he's suing made, his parents. Right, his parents made a choice to have a child. Fine, that's allowed. You don't have to have a child if you don't want to. If you want to do your part, 
then don't have a kid. Right, but he's going back and correcting an earlier problem. He's not even looking for money. He's asking to be put back in his mom, which is crazy. <laughs> it's a little odd. <laughs> it's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Like to lodge a formal complaint? Mm-hmm. Who do I do that to? <laughs> What's your complaint about, Kevin? Uh, animal stories. I do not enjoy the upcoming stories because I, I know one of them, and I would like to object. I think that you are going to love... Mm. The first one, and you will also never use a toilet again. Hit it, Steve. Maybe a raccoon or a story about a dog. Maybe a baboon or a story about a frog. A story about a cat or a pizza rat. A story about a minx or a story about a lynx. Animal stories in the news. Animal stories to cure your blues. Oh, sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> it's a uh, great batch of animal stories this week. The first two are coming from Australia, where it seems like there are a lot of different ways that animals can kill you. Kevin, you say it's your biggest fear. Do you uh, turn on the light and look in the toilet every time you use it? No, I have sort of broken myself of that. I just mm-hmm. sort of realized, look, just what stop are the chances? You, what are the you chances? Look, you look when you're done, though. Sure, to admire. Yeah. Well, you take a picture and put it on Instagram. Right, sure. Here's uh, here's your biggest fear. If you are one of those people who doesn't turn on the light when you get up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, this calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next story might change things for you. This is Mary Richards from Queensland, Australia. Last week, she walked into her dark bathroom and sat down on the toilet. Nope. Seconds Woo. later, this happened. Got this sharp, um, sharp tap on my bottom, mm. along with some pain. By the way, she sounds very peppy for right? someone who has mm-hmm. just been bitten. Just a sharp, a sharp a tap, a tap. Yes, <laughs> I, I sharp enjoyed it. Tap on the bottom. If you <laughs> didn't make that out, it turns out that sharp tap was actually a bite from a python that had been curled up in the toilet bowl. Oh, let's all stop and think and reflect and and uh, bemuse on that. Ooh, 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 ooh. A uh, python no, sir. curled up in her toilet No, sir. Nope. In my bottom. It was pretty <laughs> glorious. She seems so happy. Just... from the shock, Richards shut the lid and called in professional snake handlers... Unbelievably, they told her that it's not uncommon for snakes to sneak into people's toilets down under. However, they admitted it was rare that one actually bit a sitting human, saying the python was likely more frightened than Richards was. Nope. Nope. Uh -uh, No. (laughs) Nope. No. 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 I guess, you know, they've uh, they've had a terrible heat wave in Australia this year. And, um, you know, the snakes are just looking for a place to go that's just cool. And I guess just being in some water and being in the porcelain and everything like that is just a comfortable place for you to be. No way. Not ever. It sounds like you're not on board. Oh, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> a tourist in Australia has gone viral after posting a video of himself holding a blue-ringed octopus. But it has not gone viral because the animal is beautiful. 
The blue-ringed octopus, you guys, news to me, is one of the most venomous creatures in Australia. The unnamed wow. tourist is lucky to be alive. He was holding it? <laughs> yes. He found one on the beach and said, oh, look how cute this little octopus is. Hey, and look, everybody. Yes. <laughs> the uh, chilling video um, over the weekend, Australians started to point out how dangerous it was to handle the blue-ringed octopus. Commenters shared their own stories about the animal, which, re- which reportedly carries enough venom to kill 26 full-grown adults in a span of minutes. Oh, my God. Is this Jackie Chan? The venom of the blue-ringed octopus, which, again, I've never heard of before, contains a neurotoxin called tetradoxidin. It causes paralysis. The sting is so small that most people have no idea they've been poisoned until too late. And here's the best part. There is no anti-venom available. What the heck? The only known treatment is to massage the victim's heart until the venom works its way throughout a person's body in a matter of hours if you can survive that long. Hey, everybody, look at this. (laughs) (laughs) Look what I got. What must it have been like for that guy to post that photo and then start getting all of those comments like, dude, you're an idiot. That thing could kill you. Dude, he did it for the gram. (laughs) I guess he did. Here's one of my favorite stories of 2019. I don't know why they decided to do a DNA test on this orangutan that was born in the Basel Zoo in Switzerland. (laughs) Little five-month-old Padma is part of an endangered species breeding program. They did a DNA test on her after she was born and found out that the male orangutan that lives in the enclosure with his mother uh, is not the father. What? Maja, his mom, had gotten pregnant from an orangutan named Vendel, an 18-year-old male who lives in an adjacent enclosure. Somehow, she stepped out on the boy that's in her in her enclosure and managed to do it through the fence oh. with the next door neighbor. Oh, you have to you have to admire that, right? Come on, is that unbelievable? So then they went on Maury. <laughs> You are not the father. I mean, you've got a you've got a male and a female. They have a baby, and then they found out that that male in that enclosure, the only one available to the woman as or the the, the girl as it at least they thought was, was not the father. Nah, the fence, man. That is the yeah, fence right through the fence. Wow, that is sh- that dude's a baller next door. <laughs> yeah. Right, that kid's going through it though. Right. A uh, Pennsylvania man says his emotional support alligator helps him deal with his depression. I know that this has been in the news a lot. People are like, look, you're really uh, you're, you're stretching the definition of what an emotional right. support animal is. But he says, you know what? He got approval from his doctor. He did not want to go on medication for depression. And he said he always felt better around his alligator. And his doctor said, OK, gave him the certificate. He adopted the uh, the alligator when he was around 14 months old and still growing. He is now a five foot long alligator. I had Wally. And when I come home, I was all around him and it was all OK. My doctor knew about Wally, figured it worked. So why not? However, um, this alligator will grow to be up to 16 feet long nah, one nah. day. Oh, my nope, nope, God. Nope, nope, nope. And currently eats chicken wings, by the way, and shares an indoor plastic pond with a smaller rescue alligator named Scrappy. And I'm just here to say on defense of the alligator, that little indoor plastic pond is not going to be enough for Wally. No. Wally is going to need a bigger enclosure with more water at some point. Also, it brings comfort to no one else. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like when he carries it around, everyone's like, I'm not comfortable. Well, yes. I mean, if he takes it on a plane... Yeah. You know, the alligator has never bitten anyone and is even afraid of cats, according to the man. He, he did acknowledge that he understands that Wally is still a dangerous wild animal and could probably rip his arm off. But he said he's never been afraid with him, afraid of him. 
Um, he he's takes them out. Yeah. He takes them out sometimes for meet and greets at places like senior centers and minor league baseball games. <laughs> he is just like a dog. The man told a, rec- a woman at a recent yeah. outing to a senior center. He just wants to be loved and petted. Right. And finally, I'm not going to have much luck with the pronunciation here, but her name is Kamirjura Klongzanan. She was seven miles into a marathon in western Thailand when she saw the runners around her dodging a puppy in the road. She stopped on the side of the road during the marathon and coaxed the dog over to her. There were no houses nearby, so she thought, wow, maybe this puppy was abandoned. She just did not want to leave it behind, so she picked it up (laughs) and carried it the next 19 miles of the marathon. That puppy was probably a half a mile from home, and then she picks it up and takes it 19 miles further. Yes, that puppy was just stepped out of its yard. She ran 19 miles holding a puppy under her arm, by the way. She says, again, it seems to her that the little guy was lost. There were no houses. There were no other dogs. There were no other people around. She thought it was an unsafe environment. Running almost 20 miles carrying a dog was truly a challenge. It was two times more tiring than a normal marathon, but I did it anyway because he was just so adorable. I know it takes a lot of time for a new dog with checkups and vaccinations and treatments, but I'm glad I was able to save him. She stole the dog. She stole him. She did. (laughs) She thinks she's some sort of a hero for running a marathon with a puppy. She stole some poor kid's dog. There's signs up all over on the post. Hey, have you seen this dog? But that dog is 20 miles away by now. This has been Animal Stories. Animal Stories in the news. Animal Stories to cure your blues. The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. We, of course, uh, are lovers of music. We mm-hmm. we love music so much. and But we also work at a radio station where sometimes, occasionally... We'll overplay a song. It's possible. It's possible that occasionally, Chili Peppers are next. That occasionally, (laughs) you know, we play songs too much. So, and by the way, may I interrupt for a moment? Yeah. And for folks who don't understand why that happens, God bless you for listening as much as you do. Agreed. That's the problem. That's why songs get played as much as they do on the radio is because. Most people, sadly, don't have the opportunity to listen as much as you do. If you're hearing a song so much that you're tired of it, you are an exception. Or you work here. Right. Or yeah. Most people, that's their favorite song, and they're so psyched when it comes on. So that's if that helps you understand why some of the songs, it seems like, get played a lot and get played forever. But there are exceptions, and that's what we're going to talk about here on The Kevin Meat Show. We're going to talk about songs that never get old. So you've heard it. A thousand times, and if it comes on the thousand and one time, you listen. Because there was a story recently about uh, Toto's Africa, which is ironic because we play Weezer's Africa <laughs> a whole lot, uh, that it's being played as an art installation in the middle of a desert on speakers for eternity. Is that necessary? No. I mean, it's no. just art. The guy's just making a statement, I guess. But I wonder if that song, listening to it Maybe forever, that's one of them. you'd go crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know, but there are some songs that I have uh, listened to a thousand times, like I said. And if it comes back on or or it comes up on my phone and I listen to it again, you will never, thing, never change it. Never and change it. It's interesting because there can be a song you've heard a tenth as much yes. that you're already burned out on. Yes. And yeah. I don't know why this is. I don't know why some songs don't burn for me. One mm-hmm. song, for example, I'll give you an example. The Pretender by Foo Fighters. Yeah. 
I have heard one that of the best so- songs ever. For I've sure. heard I've heard that song so many times. Yeah, and I still love it. There's no burn. Now, how is that uh, other Foo Fighters songs too, or this that one in particular? Um, most Foo Fighters, but that one in particular is the one that I sort of question. I've listened to it so many times. How am I not tired of it? Right. I don't get it. But I don't even think it's like a diss to the song or the artist to say that if I heard this a hundred times, I would change it. That's Agreed. just normal, you know, earworm stuff. Agreed. Yeah. But you're saying there is no limit There's on this. There's no, no limit on that one. Like, I have another one for you, and it's this one. I think I'm... Uh... I think I'm full up on Into Club. Really? That's not one for you? I'm off in the club. Here's what happens. is I am no longer in the club. In the club comes on, and I just put it on repeat again now today. I am out of the club. And the other one? I'm already at home asleep. (laughs) I left the club so long ago that I've driven home, gotten to my PJs. Hey, this is subjective, man. These are mine. I've burned down the club. (laughs) And here's my last one. Your city is the bomb if your city making pain. Two Dre songs. Can listen to that all day every time. I do still love that song. I still love that song. Uh, We're going to take your calls, by the way, at 1-800-520-1067. So you get the category here is songs you've heard a thousand times but will still listen to. In fact, turn up when it comes on the radio. They never get old. Mm -hmm. Uh, May I go next? Yeah, please. I have uh, chosen two. Uh, the first one will not surprise you. It's a song I have loved since I was a baby and continue to love it. And I don't know that there's a day that goes by that I don't listen to part of this song. Hit it, Steve. Bean, we're being serious. <laughs> I'm being serious, too. No, we're being, come on. I am 100% serious. Come on. This, let me hear a little bit more of my chipmunks. I love this song See, so much. See, I gave three real examples. This is real for you, me. You, you, you know, said that, it was subjective. It's seasonal. Except but, for that one. It's seasonal, but not for you is what you're saying. Not for me. I'm telling you, as you know, Kevin, and this is the truth. I've heard you say it. It is my alarm. That's the song that I wake up to every single morning. No I mean, wonder you're a Imagine dick. being in a, in a full-on sleep and then just hearing this. <laughs> Every day. I would take my life. Every day. I can't imagine that. That is, that is also the song that Donna and I used to sing our puppies to sleep to when we were trying to get them to settle down. Also, first dance at your wedding. <laughs> please give us a, a little tip of what that I'm, might have sung. I'm not going to do that, but I'm, tell, I'm little, telling you that's I want to hear lo- how you sung it, though. Did you that's sing it the, way up high? No. No, okay. I just sang it. That's a, but that's a lullaby that we would sing to our kids. And I'm not even kidding. God, I, I I'm denying I'm, that one. I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but you know when we had to put our our dog down in November, you know when we gave her the the vet gave her the shot. That's the song that we sang to her as she slipped away. I mean, that song is very important in our lives. That's harder and, to make fun of. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of my it's, favorite songs of all time. I never get tired. It's of it. just a, an oddity. I never it's get not tired even a song. It. It's just an oddity. Yeah, it's a goddamn delight. All, all right. right, and my other song is a K Rock song, by the way, and just like you with your Foo Fighters. I've heard this song a million times. I can't explain why, but when this one comes on, I not only listen to it, I turn it up as loud as I can. Not tired of this either. Classic Depeche Mode. I won't be there, but let's be down again. 
I even uh, like the Smashing Pumpkins version. I'll even listen to that, too. But the Depeche Mode is the OG. I uh, learned I, of that song on this station. On World did Famous you? Uh, Rock. Yeah. We okay. sure played it a lot. Yep. I love it. All right. Before we take a break and get to our listeners' calls, Jensen, what's your song? This song is so important to me. It reminds me of my entire upbringing here in Los Angeles. And no matter when it is on, if I hear this, I'm sorry. I don't. Do it again. If I hear this, I'll never change it. Play it again. Oh, I love it, too. Mona. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon, Warren G was on the streets, trying to consume some skirts for the E, so I could get some phones, rolling in my ride, chilling all the I mean, I agree with that and one. And not just Warren G and Nate Dogg, but also the idea that it samples Michael McDonald's I Keep Forgetting," which is an incredible song, and also yeah. it also has a little bit of uh, Bob James in there. So yeah. those two samples, that voice, that era, that first West Coast platinum huge hit, that's, yep. my, that's my pick. And I think re- I think regulate will stay on the radio in Southern California forever. Yeah, I mean it's as iconic a song as any song. Yes, Chip, sure. you have one. Uh, yeah, so this song is from 2002, and I think it's one of the most played songs on K Rock from the from that from right. that decade. Uh, no one knows by Queens of Stone Age. Again, I'll listen to that every time. Yeah, The uh, phones are full. We'll get right to your calls, but you can add to the conversation. What song are you never tired of, no matter how many times you hear it? 1-800-520-1067. We'll talk to you next on K-Rock. The Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. We're talking about songs <laughs> that you never get tired of. From the 626, uh, Melissa writes in, um, Green Day Basket Case, All Day, Every Day. The chubby 13-year-old me will never let go of that song or album. John, Santa Fe Springs, anytime King Missile's detachable penis comes on, I have to turn it up. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Daniel from the Kevin and Bean Facebook page. Here's some songs that I never, ever get tired of when they're played on K-Rock. Drain You by Nirvana, Intergalactic by Beastie Boys, Violent Femmes, Blister in the Sun. There are just some songs, as Kevin explained, that have no burn. It doesn't matter how many times you hear them. You still listen to them when they come and on. And why is that song different than other great songs? Don't know. So confusing. Don't know. We're going to go right back to your calls at 1-800-520-1067. First, Dave, the King of Mexico. You're up. Hey, guys. So this song makes me just happy. Every time I hear it, it doesn't matter who covers it. It's probably one of the most covered songs. It's Happy Together by the Turtles. So happy together. People would pick a song from the 1960s, right? Yeah, but it—I mean, there's so many uh, contemporary people who have covered it. It's mm-hmm. I, I saw including like, Weezer, Weezer two weeks ago. Yeah, it's on that's my jam playlist, by the way. If you want to check it out. All right, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Kevin. Who do we want to go to first? Uh, let's go to Annalisa in Los Angeles. Good morning, Annalisa. Welcome to the Kevin and Bean Show. What's happening? Hey there. How are you? Hi. Good. Thank you. Okay, turn down your radio if you've got that up, and then tell us what song you never, ever get tired of. Okay, just uh, but, um, just, just say the name of, the, of a song. Last Night. <laughs> last Night, The last Strokes. Night. Last night, she said, I'll never feel so down. That's a good tune, right? That's a great, That's a great song. That's and I want to talk to Adelisa forever on this connection. <laughs> All right, who's up next? Uh, up next is Kate, who is calling from Los Angeles. Good morning, Kate. Hey, what's up? Songs Do you understand never the topic? Heard. What's your song? My song is Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith. Oh. Every, every time. Every time. I'm, I'm really, really I agree. 
I'm sorry, the, pl- the song's playing. We, we can't hear you because we love this song. What, Kate? <laughs> I just want to roll down my windows and drive. It reminds It's like the first scene in Days and Confused. All right. I just see that in my mind every time. Yep, right. absolutely. I'm right there with you. And by the way, this may be a topic for another day. I think Aerosmith is the band that hit the highest peak, and then the same band also hit the lowest low in their career. In other words, there's no band that's ever been greater that got worse. Uh, I could probably argue Bon Jovi there, too. Uh, That's not the topic. We'll save that for another day. Okay. Let's go to Steve in Long Beach. Good morning, Steve. Morning, morning. Song never burns for you. What is it? Shop Suey System of a Down. I gotta be honest. I love that song. I do too. But it has to be at the right time of day. And I don't want to be screamed at. Oh man! <laughs> I don't want to be screamed day, every day. All right. System of a Down is always on. Period. All but right. That, that voice that Surge has, man. All right. Okay. okay. Take it easy. It. You like the Armenian genocide? <laughs> it's fine. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh no! Don't say yes, sir, to that. That was Jensen. I don't think you heard it. Okay. Uh, Matt, by the way, writes in. He has a complaint for the show, especially uh, directed toward you, Jensen. Mm-hmm. I think it should be a federal offense to start, regulate, and not let it play all the way through. I agree. I I mean, it was regulate us, interrupt us is what it was. (laughs) And that's tough on all of us. Let's go to Denise in Highland Park. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, what's Um, up? House of Pain, jump around. So get out your seat and jump around. Jump around. Jump around. Now, Denise, what is it you think makes you never tire of that song? I don't know. The minute and it comes on, it makes my body just weak. Like, I just have to reach for the volume and just crank it. I'm yeah. with Denise. I love that song. You're yeah. going to like basketball games. <laughs> they play that every in every arena around the nation. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for the call. We should start playing uh, House of Pain uh, Jump Around a little bit more often on this show, Agreed. by the way, in my opinion. Let's go to Leo right, and Rose. Time for a couple more. Hey, Leo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, yeah. Dave King of Mexico. They got the oldest station, by the way, for the yeah. turtles. Yeah. Good point. Um, good but point. Uh, no, my favorite is uh, Chumba Wumba. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Say I'm anything. Sh- uh, anything. Anything by uh, Dharma Rama. I don't know. Anybody. Give me Chumbawamba. He did it first. Oh, okay. All right. All um, right. Leo, you want to hear something funny? Bean and I used to fine our board ops if they played that song. <laughs> because we heard used it what? so many times. We would fine the person running the board for playing that song. We would say, when it comes up, you drop it. Because we oh. heard it so many times. And oh. it was it was for years the most popular song when we would do the countdowns like the top five hundred greatest K Rock songs of all time. Anything, anything was number one for years on this station. It was just I mean, you're not alone on this. That was a song that never burned for thousands and thousands of people, apparently. Great Anytime choice though. It, and by the way, it's been long enough now that when I hear it, I can't appreciate it. Oh, look at that. I don't mind it now. I've come back around on drama. Our little bean has grown up. All right, sure. we got time for one more? Sure. Uh, let's make it uh, Jorge in Mission Viejo. Hi. Hi, how's it going, Kevin Bing? Uh, it's going uh, well. My favorite song that I never get tired of, it's Twin Peaks, Smells Like Teen Spirit from Nirvana. I mean, that's a pretty good choice. I mean, it seems like that's a, a, pretty good a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree yeah, with you on that one. With my guitar intro and going with the drums. I've never said this before, but um, I believe that's the best song that's been written in my lifetime. Uh, we, I think yes. we, I think we have it. You can play it now. Regulators! Yes. Here's Nirvana. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon.
We lost him too early. You're sure this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're welcome. We lost okay, him. If you say so. <laughs> it's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Jensen's in for Allie. Time for what's happening. When you read Adam Levine breaks silence about the Super Bowl halftime performance, you just hope he's not going to sing it. <laughs> uh, but luckily... I hope this is a... I hope this is a very heartfelt apology, and he also is announcing that he is retiring from show business. (laughs) Well, I I think your hopes are going to be hurt here, because the singer took to Instagram where he wrote a long uh, caption alongside the image of One Love, the light display that was featured during the performance. And he wrote, when we accepted the responsibility to perform at the halftime show, I took out my pen and just wrote. Some of the words that came to me in the moment eventually made their way onto the incredible lanterns that flew high and low tonight. We thank the universe for the historic opportunity to play on the world's biggest stage. We thank our fans for making our dreams possible. We're and sorry we ruined the Super Bowl. And we thank our critics for always pushing us to do better. One love. God, what a douchebag. Do you want to hear the list of words? The, one, the words you wrote down, yeah. Yeah, that became lanterns? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Forgive. Laugh. Cry. Smile. These are these are tattoos that basic women get in like Japanese lettering. Is he nine? Yeah. Share, live or live. Could be either. Endure, embrace, remember, enlighten. I mean, this is sweat, fight, express, fortify. I mean, this is crazy. Does he think that this is like inspirational? By the way, one of them was Neil, and one of them was also Stand. So he was on Kaepernick and anti-Kaepernick. <laughs> I will say though that he did capture the mood of the nation with the word endure, because that's what the halftime show was. It was us having to endure it. Another one was scream, which is what I did throughout the whole performance. <laughs> anyway, Adam Levine not apologizing. He should. I just had you pegged as a dumb douchebag loser and you're just one of those things. I I mean, he was right. Mm. Sad news for daytime TV fans this past weekend as actor Christoph St. John, who played Neil Winters for 27 years on The Young and Restless, was found dead at 52 years old. Oh, man. Uh, He was discovered in his Woodland Hills home, which is my hometown. I would actually see him all the time at restaurants and stuff growing up. Yeah, I hear he was the Denzel of daytime. Is that true? He was. He was like this very good-looking dude. He was. uh, If you see his face, you'll recognize him, even if you don't think you will. Uh, You may have seen him on Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Arliss, Martin, Living Single, but I remember him best as Denise Huxtable's vegetarian boyfriend on The Cosby Show. Ah. Uh, the cause of death has not yet been reported. Yeah, 52 is young for... Very young. For, yeah. Uh, it's not been reported what the cause of death is yet, but signs would seem to point to drinking or a suicide or a mental mm. health issue. His son Julian died in a similar fashion at a mental hospital after a history oh. with illness. Oh, man. And that has been reported to be a recent breaking point in his life. A very tragic ending for a very familiar face. Rest in peace, Christoph St. John. Wow. You guys didn't watch soap operas, but you knew who he was, right? I didn't. I didn't either. Oh, really? Nope. Mm -mm. Oh, I knew his face. Maybe it's just because I would see him at the local sub shop. Sure. But he was super famous, and he married, like, a female boxer, Mia St. John. Okay. Anyway. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Her I know. Yes. That was his wife. And that's who he had the kid with. Uh, The Jesse Smollett story is still shrouded in in a ton of mystery, but small details are leaking out from the investigation. It is still being considered a hate crime, but with the police report now out, we're seeing more and more of the facts. Describe the whole whole thing. Basically, Jesse Smollett was in Chicago late night. He picked up a sub sandwich, walked out, was on the phone with his manager, and was allegedly attacked by two men wearing masks. Um, And at some point, they put a noose or rope around his neck and covered in him bleach, or put bleach on him at all, and they were saying uh, homophobic and racial slurs 
And whether or not they said something about Make America Great Again is also still one of those did it or did it not Why happen. are there still questions? Are there not security cameras? Well, they've looked through hundreds of hours of footage. They haven't necessarily found the attack, but they did find two men that are persons of interest. They put out a photo for people, but it's literally two shadows of men in jackets. Uh, so they don't know. But the report is shining a light on some things. Like, for example, it was a 60-year-old man who reported it to police, uh, reported it to police, not Smollett, who we know, quote, didn't want to report it to police, but knew it was in his best interest to do it. Uh, the report also states the primary aggressor was wearing a black mask, concealing his face, and both offenders were wearing all black. Uh, police reports do say he was 100% sober, which is something a lot of people were questioning if maybe he had been out and drunk and got right. into a fight, mm-hmm. uh, and that he did suffer minor injuries and bruising. Uh, Smollett also told police, and it's in the report, that he received hate mail at his place of work on January 22nd, several days before the alleged attack. According to the report, Fox actually had to open it with a hazmat suit as white powder was in it, but it was just aspirin in the end. And now the FBI will take over the case and expect to hear more over the next few weeks. So ugly to see the worst of us. Absolutely. It just sucks. And also, like, the skepticism towards it. Well, I guess it's I under- to ask It's understandable that. to an extent, but at the same time, like, maybe everyone always says, like, let the process happen. Like, let the process happen in this as well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But the longer it goes without there being any more definitive third-party proof that yeah. it happened, the Never more helps. people will speculate that it's all made up somehow. But I will also say it's possible the crime took place and there's no one that saw it. Absolutely. I mean, that's an option, too. Yeah. Certainly. Certainly. It's yeah. all in there. Mm. Uh, this past weekend, millions of Fortnite players logged into the game, like you, Kevin. Sure. Always playing Fortnite, always at home on the cell phone, <laughs> just playing Fortnite, getting dropped in a situation, shooting your way out of it. Uh-huh. They logged into the game to watch EDM DJ and star Marshmallow perform a 10-minute concert. He did that live? Yes. Now, That's millions cool. of viewers, How right? many, you think? How many, oh. how many viewers? Um... 10 million? Wow. Well, you read the story. 10 million and one. 10 million. Well, no. It was 10 million. You went over. Oh, he was right on. Could have went a dollar. I would have maybe given it to you. 10 million players logged into the game to watch him Saturday night perform at a virtual concert. They gathered at the Pleasant Park, which is just a, you know, not a real park. Right. In Fortnite to watch the performance. They could dance along to the music with the players in their game. And on the day of the concert, Fortnite released a special mode that prevented players from shooting each other while they were at the concert, which (laughs) was probably the right idea. Uh, After the show, several people said that it was the first concert they ever attended. Is that right? That's right. That is bigger than most shows on television. Yes. Absolutely. Unless you're the mass singer. Right. But coincidentally, Marshmallow wearing a mask. It's true. Uh, he said he actually shared his thoughts on the event. What makes me happiest about today is that so many people got to experience their first concert. All the videos I kept seeing of people laughing and smiling throughout the set are amazing. Now, question. Is it a concert? Kevin first. Is it a concert? Yes. Um, wow. I, mm, I don't think so. Bean? No. If I sit down and watch Taylor Swift's reputation on Netflix, I haven't been to a Taylor Swift concert. But your avatar isn't in it. <laughs> You're not able to dance. But it's along. not even just that on Netflix. It's in a game. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a concert. concert I think a concert also, is, is IRL. Listen, I my first concert was Paul Abdul, so I'm not one to argue. <sighs> Guys, these are the birthdays. Christopher Guest, which you know for movies like Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman, and boy, is he a delight. And freaking Spinal Tap, by yeah, the way. He's just the best. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Laura Linney, Tim Meadows, Michael Sheen, Darren Chris, Cristiano Ronaldo, the greatest soccer player in the world. Please shut your mouth. And Bobby Brown. That is what's happening. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Right now, though, we want to hook you up with a pair of tickets to City Sound Vault presents Muse at the Hollywood Palladium. We've all been lucky enough to see Muse. They are amazing live. 
and seeing them at a place like the Palladium? Come right. on now. This Saturday night, it is sold out. This game is called Baby Songs. Baby songs, oh baby songs, how I wonder what you are. <laughs> oh, that's right, our man Kevin. I don't know that we need He's a little slow when this happens. We found out that this happens a lot. There's, there's, there's like baby songs. It sounds like baby songs, and there's... Were you searching for the word lullabies when you said baby songs twice? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Come on now. So that's what we're doing here. We're playing lullaby versions of Muse songs. So it's a a Muse song done in the style for a baby to enjoy. Some of them are a little longer because they can be difficult to identify. Mm -hmm. But if you identify, you go in the drawing. Yeah, because they don't sound like Muse much. So uh, we're going to play the baby song for you, or as the rest of the world calls it, a lullaby. All you have to do is identify the Muse song that is being played. If you're right, you go on hold, and we do a drawing at the end if there's more than one winner, and somebody gets to go to the Great Palladium Show. Who's up first? Uh, Israel in Inglewood. Good morning. What's up? Good morning, guys. Good morning, Israel. All right, so we're going to play you a Muse song done as a lullaby. You just have to tell us the title. Here it is. Sorry, what? That sounds like Starlight. It is Starlight. Nicely yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely Can done. Uh, hold on. Congratulations. How about that? He got the <laughs> first thing. Sounded like he had follow-up questions. Yeah, he did, too, but didn't like he wanted the second one. Ralph in Garden Grove. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Ralph, listen up. Here's your baby song, as Kevin calls it. Of it is Knights of Sidonia. Nicely you are right. done. Well, two for two, you guys. Wow. Very impressive. All right. All right you hold on. Three, I guess. Uh, let's go to Jose in Los Angeles. Hi. Hey, what's up? No, uh, no pressure, Jose, but two for two so far. Here's your baby song. What is it? Uh, Very popular Muse song. Pretty big Muse song. Song by Muse. Large song. Played it a lot. <laughs> Done in the style of a lullaby. <laughs> All right, well, if God, you're not going to... I heard the first... Uh, uh, you're not going to guess. We can't help I you. I got him right away. I'm sorry. This is it. <laughs> Super mess of black hole. Sorry, Jose. That's what we were looking for. Two in the running for the tickets for the Palladium show. Who's next? Robert and HB. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, we're doing baby songs. Oh, baby songs. You ready for yours? Yes. be my favorite Muse song, you guys. God, I love it. That version of it? No, not so much. Robert, what song is that, please? Uh, Uprising. No, I'm sorry. Time is running out. 
I mean, Robert realized that time really was running out, had nothing. All right, so we've hit a little bit of a, a little bit of a roadblock here with some of our callers, but let's try again. Let's go to Drew in Bray. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Here's your song. <laughs> okay, don't don't need this one. the musicians who recorded this. All right. What song is that? Oh, man. Um, Dead Inside? Mm, sorry. That song is painful, that the baby song version. Yeah, that's called Uprising. All right. We got time for one more. Who's our final contestant? Let's make him Miguel in Moreno Valley. Hi. Hello. Hi. Good morning, guys. How's hey, it going? Miguel. Good morning. It's going well. Why is uh, why is Muse such a sausage fest? By the way, why don't the ladies want to go see Muse? I mean, seriously, <laughs> six have, dudes. Uh, we have another girl on hold, but we can't get six to her. We dudes. Don't, I don't think we have time. All right, uh, you ready for your song? Yes, sir. All Good right. luck. a xylophone as much as the next guy. I don't love a xylophone. But they need to be put down. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Miguel. Let's go out on a, a yeah, go know, out with a winner. I'm actually I'm actually drawing blanks here. I, I can't tell with that xylophone. <laughs> that was uh his hysteria. I say I say we can't end on a loser, right? Okay. So let's Bean, you were asking for a girl, we have a girl. We have Veronica in Los okay. Angeles. Hi Veronica. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Don't You're... be a loser, Veronica. Right? <laughs> yeah, pressure. We're counting thank on you. you. Here you go. Um. That is Margaritaville. Yeah, everything sounds like yeah. under the sea. It does, that's true. <laughs> Do you have a guess? Um, I know. I yeah. I oh my god. I uh, I. Will you say I'm your guess? Blank. Oh, pick a song. Uh, yep. Map. Map of the problem. Oh, no, sorry. I, 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 I was and I know it's not right. All right, that was a difficult game. See what happens when you right, only, on a lady. Only two options, either, either Ralph or Israel. It's only two. All right, only All right. one can win. We're talking about City Sound Vault presents Muse at the Hollywood Palladium. You can't buy tickets. You can win them all week on the Kevin and Bean Show. This Saturday night is the show. Jensen, who's our winner, please? Congratulations, Israel. Yeah! No way. Way to go, dude. What are the odds? You guys, check this out. Yes. I have always won Muse tickets with you guys. You've won them before <laughs> with us? I won them before with Coachella in 2014. I won them last time. What was it? It was another show. This is like Liam, this, this is one. this is like Liam Neeson saying, or this is like the guy <laughs> saying he does the moonwalk. Like you didn't have to tell us that, dude. <laughs> I'm literally outside of work right now. I'm about to do the moonwalk. All right. <laughs> Congrats. Enjoy the show. Baby songs, oh baby songs. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. 
Very excited to welcome back to the Kevin and Bean Show, Haley Joel Osment, you guys, who has just been the busiest dude in Hollywood. Good morning. How are you, sir? Great, man. Nice to see you guys again. Great to see you. Um, So much we want to talk to you about, especially with Future Man, especially with uh, my sweet Zac Efron and his movie. Um, (laughs) But but I want to start with, you are a New York Giants fan? That's right. Yes. When I was growing up in L.A., uh, the Rams and Raiders had already left by the time I was like football watching age. So when I moved to New York for college in 2006, Mm-hmm. At the time, if you can believe it, the Jets were the really hot talk of the town. I'm so. sorry, who? How old oh, are you, dude? Uh, I'm 30. But um, uh, I went with the underdog, and they uh, have rewarded me richly with uh, defeating the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. All so, right. Yeah, I, I will like the Rams the way I like the Clippers. I'm a Lakers fan, but if they're playing any other team, like I'll root for the home team. No, not but, me. Uh, <laughs> not me. I'm a Lakers fan, or and I hope the Clippers uh, lose. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> so you were totally Team LA in the Super Bowl the other day. Day, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, man, what a terrible Super Bowl that was! Man, what a terrible man. Super Bowl it was indeed. And you are also a hardcore Dodgers fan. That's right. Yeah. And how have you been feeling uh, about getting rid of Yasiel and getting rid of Matt Kemp and getting rid of Alex Wood and all the other stuff? You I, feel like- I guess we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I it's just the way this team makes decisions is very strictly by the numbers. So ultimately, it might pan out. But as a fan, obviously, it's really hard to lose all of those. Guys. It's hard to yeah, lose players that you love. You know. Oh, absolutely. It's- I think. I think Yasiel's probably going to hit 90 home runs in that little park in Cincinnati, though, <laughs> yeah. so that might be kind of fun But right now, I feel like it's Bryce or Bust, right? I mean, I, it doesn't seem like he's coming there, but that was the plan. I, I feel two ways about it. Like, I, on the one hand, any team can afford anybody if they really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, maybe you could spend that $300 million on several good players. I mean, I like the Pollock signing, uh, the Joe Kelly signing. Like, they're making smart moves. It's just, yeah, the, the fan that just wants you to turn to the Death Star and spend a billion dollars is, is sort of starts. <laughs> is Justin Turner the third baseman is that his name Justin yes. yeah. Yeah, he Turner. tweeted right after the Super Bowl does this mean it's time for baseball <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I felt yeah I think I felt that way in the first quarter yeah. <laughs> um, and one more sports related question then we'll get on to acting your primary occupation and that is how much golf do you still play Haley a lot more now. I lived in New York pretty much exclusively for 10 years, and my game suffered a lot less They don't have great courses in no, Manhattan. No, I mean, if you like playing a six-hour round uh, <laughs> in the cold. But, yeah, I've, I play now basically every Saturday with my dad, who likes to play so early. Were you, uh, like, a prodigy as a as a kid, as a golfer? Were you that good? Oh, no, not really. I mean, that was I the height. I got the impression height, you were. That was the height of, like, the Tiger Woods craze. So there was a lot of really, really good kids. I wasn't even on golf varsity, I don't think, when I was was in high school like we had really 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 good kids and as you see a loser uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, can we get that kid on the show <laughs> yeah, who's number one yeah <laughs> what's the best round you ever shot uh i've shot in the high 70s a couple times wow so, but uh, my thing is is like i've never had a consistent practice regimen and now that i'm in la a lot more i'm like i'm finally trying to like get out to the drive i shot in the high in the 120s one. Yeah. No. <laughs> good for you um has there ever been a time in the last 20 years that you have not been working very regularly as an actor it's a it's pretty crazy like except for like 2009 2010 when i was trying to wrap up my degree at nyu i've been working at least a couple times every year so i feel very very fortunate for that and those two years which were also maybe some of the best years of my life uh i was studying experimental theater there so it's really been a constant thing for you know since the age of four that i've been working wow that's amazing and of course the kevin smith movies were awesome you got that that run on silicon valley and you've got two projects right now among others by the way that are too early to talk about two projects right now that we are super psyched about in fact i am 
ticked. I came in this morning and I said, Beans why angry. did nobody tell us about Future Man? <laughs> oh, How man. Did I, I know we live in the era of too much TV. Haley, we talk about it all the time on the show. Right now, there's great shows that all of us aren't watching because there's so much choice. You can't possibly watch everything. I was angry last night when I tuned in to watch your Future Man episode one, season one. At, it was one of the best pilots I've ever seen, and I thought, why have I not heard about this show? Well, thanks for saying that. I know it's true. Like, I every weekend, I'm like, where do I even begin to catch up on show? I mean, I didn't even finish, like, Deadwood until a couple of years ago. <laughs> right, like, sure. You know, it's just so easy to fall behind on things. And, you know, I'll, I'll I guess not waste time, but I will spend time watching shows I've already seen, like, like, you know, dipping back into the Sopranos or something, which is good to, to take up a, a couple of weeks. Well, here's a tip for <laughs> listeners that are looking for something funny. It's 30. They're 30 minutes long, which yeah. is refreshing. Yeah. God bless you for and that. And it's super funny. It is. I mean, it's it's just such a creative show. And we we try really hard to be legitimate in the sci-fi universe that we have where there, it does make logical sense if you really try and pull it apart. But it's also very, very, very silly. And uh, in this season, I play a 200-year-old holographic projection of myself who has cloned <laughs> a woman he was obsessed with <laughs> sort of raised her as his daughter in the far future. Sounds so, very yeah. reasonable to me. Yeah, you guys are in canon. <laughs> so um, Seth Rogen and his partner Evan Goldberg, they're the ones who were kind of behind this from the beginning, right? They created it, yeah, and it's uh, it. written by uh, Kyle uh, Hunter and Ariel Schaffer, too, who did um, uh, This is the End and Sausage Party and all that. And I just remember when I tune in, and again, forgive me, I only have seen episode one now, but I'm so hooked. I just remember going, oh my god, it's Ed Begley Jr. Oh my god, it's Aquafina. Oh my yeah. god, it's Paul Shearer. It's like every single person that came on the screen, I was like, I can't believe how many great actors are in this thing. It's crazy. It's such a deep cast. And it, the cast, I think, expands a little bit in this season because we're in like a Mad Max slash uh, Jetsons apocalyptic future. And yeah, like Kristen Schaal shows up. Like oh. it's, it's really, really just a fantastic group of people. Uh, this show's on Hulu, by the way. So yes. 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 All episodes, two seasons streaming now on Hulu. I want to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, that too. This yeah. is like the biggest video game release of the year, and Haley Joel Osment, a voice in it. That's right. Yeah, I've been doing it since 2001, and uh, it, it's ironically sort of easier to do that young teenage vo- version of myself now than it was when, when I was like 17, yeah. when my voice was still changed. That it got kind of grotesque in the booth, <laughs> trying to do like an 11 year old voice. And this is like, I mean, the, the, the cult behind these games is massive. It's wild. It's, I mean, you would think out of all the things Haley's done, like how much you know, what kind of effect it's had on the universe. I would assume Kingdom Hearts is up there in the top. Oh yeah, I was doing a a play called Red about Mark Rothko in Philadelphia like seven or eight years ago. Same. And we'd have these educational matinees. They'd bring in kids from the community. And it w- everyone was so disappointed backstage because every question was, when is Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out? What do you, think of- <laughs> what do you guys think about modernist painting? <laughs> Are you in real life a sci-fi geek? I guess so. I I because uh... between the two things we just talked about, Future Man and Kingdom Hearts, it would seem like you are, but you're At just also fantasy, an actor yeah. playing a role. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I it's I have like a nice attachment to it. Like being in AI and everything yeah. is like a little thing I can hold on to being part oh, of the yeah, sci-fi right. tradition. But uh, yeah, I guess Future Man's probably the most like genre pure sci-fi thing that I've ever done at this point. I love that you can casually mention, you know, that Spielberg movie yeah, I was no, in. No, no, no. That <laughs> Spielberg Kubrick movie I was in. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> what a career. Haley Joel Osment is here. We have to take a quick break. Future Man, by the way, both seasons available on Hulu. Uh, but when we come back, we want to talk about Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, which has been a very controversial movie. Uh, it's all about T- Ted Bundy. 
And my sweet Zach is in it, so oh, I'm going to. Sure. I'm going to start I have, him that. I'm going to plumb the Can't you just? Uh, can't dirt. you just say Zach Efron? <laughs> no, my sweet Zach. Oh. <laughs> and we'll talk more with Haley when we return on K Rock. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. K Rock. K O Q Q. Haley Joel Osment in studio with us here on the Kevin and Bean show. We talked about his Hulu series Future Man, which is outstanding. We guarantee K Rock listeners will love it. He also just got back from Sundance, and you were there as a cast member of the Ted Bundy movie, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. What's that like for you when you're going to a film festival, kind of not only to get the first public reaction to your movie, but also to pitch it? Like, you're kind of partly there to help sell the thing, right? Absolutely. And, you know, a movie this about this delicate of a subject matter, um, the adrenaline really goes up when the, when the lights went down, uh, you know, on our premiere night and everything. And... Uh, because, uh, you know, the trailer is not the movie. We also sort of had to, you know, uh, explain sort of what we're after here. I mean, Joe Berlinger is one of the greatest documentary filmmakers of all time, has spent a lot of time on death row, has literally gotten people out of prison with his films. So as someone who takes, who, who goes to the subject matter with a great deal of seriousness that some people on Twitter may not gather from a trailer he didn't make. Listen to this, listen to this (laughs) cast though. This cast is insane. Zac Efron, Lily Collins, Jeffrey Donovan, Dylan Baker, Jim Parsons. John Malkovich, Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, Jesus. we were pretty lucky. Yeah. So Joe Berlinger that you mentioned, I want to make sure I understand this correctly. He he was doing the research, the Ted Bundy research to make your movie, Extremely Wicked. And at the same time, he said, oh, now that I've heard these Bundy tapes, I'm going to make a separate documentary that we're going to put on Netflix. It was actually same a coincidence. Dude, right? Someone came to him with the documentary tapes while he was already in pre-production for our movie. So it was just he is the go-to guy. Uh, you know, for, for, for this sort of intense subject matter. And, but yeah, yeah just and, to... and K-Rock listeners might know him from his incredible Metallica documentary where he follows them into therapy, yeah. which was so good. And then also Paradise Lost, which is considered yeah. probably like the greatest documentary ever, oh, yeah. helped wow. exonerate uh, three innocent children, basically, from doing uh, what they called was like satanic rituals and a murder, <sighs> which never happened. So this guy... Other than doing the Ted Bundy movie that's now sold for $9 million, he's well, also like yeah. made movies, a medium where he like helps uh, crimes get solved. Yeah, it's incredible. Ha- he, and has he, he done feature films before, though, Haley? Uh, he did Blair Witch 2, right? Yeah, this is his first narrative feature in like gotcha. 20 years. Yeah, Blair yeah. Witch 2 is actually better than people give it, by the way. Is it? Yeah, it's good. Really? Yeah. No one gave it the credit. I, mean, I don't think I saw it. It's it's not done in the shaky camera thing. Yeah, the first one made me sick. Yeah, this is just a, nor- <laughs> a, just a normal movie, and it's pretty good. <laughs> and speaking of Metallica, James Hetfield also plays a police officer in the movie, too. Whoa, he was there what? at the premiere, so yeah. Whoa. I rarely am like texting friends like, hey, I met so-and-so, but a couple people got the, like, oh, yeah. sure. who I'm hanging out with. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. So, Haley, the, the movie uh, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile is kind of told from the perspective of Ted Bundy's girlfriend Liz, right, played by the great Lily Collins. Yes. Correct? Yeah. And your character works with her. Yeah, I'm a friend of hers at the office who sees her sort of descend almost into madness, you know, because he is manipulating her and telling her he's innocent and calling her all, you know, around the clock, uh, which he did manage to do in real life. She was sort of ambivalent about whether mm-hmm. he had done it uh, right up until basically his execution. Well, Seems I mean, how... like that's a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah. And you'd want to have more of a strong feeling on that. Yeah. <laughs> but Kevin, picture if you had a suspicion that your wife was a serial killer, you would do everything in your power to not believe that. You would 
I mean, flip it around. She would. She thinks I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Take us realistic. But I mean, think about what it was like for Ted Bundy's girlfriend. Like, this is not the man that I know and that yeah. I live with. It can't be. Or it's a not lot possible. Of, a lot of people in our industry and in sports and everything were in, in hindsight. It's like, how do people not see and stop this? But from the inside, like, you know, being sort of snowed by their mystique and everything. That's what I think the movie does a really good job of showing. And it's helped along by you're looking at, at Zac Efron's handsome face. All right, Bean. Go ahead and <laughs> Go ahead and ask your questions, Bean. How, how does how does he smell, Haley? So good. Oh, dear so good. Lord! Yeah. <laughs> Up and down that did mountain, you have a lot of, mountain air. <laughs> did you have a lot of scenes with Zach? No, only over the phone, unfortunately. But um, uh, I would pay for that. Yeah, <laughs> that was my first day. Is you know going into the kitchen in this little house in Covington, Kentucky, and picking up the phone and having this really intense conversation with uh, Zach. Who's, All right, I'd like yeah. to just separate myself from Bean because Bean calls him my sweet Zach. Yes. and I have Shit's sh- High School sh- Musical, sh- by the way. <laughs> and my view on Zach Efron is he's become a really good actor. Yeah, and I think th- this movie is really, really exciting good. for that. He's terrific in this movie and even people who didn't like the movie had to respect his performance in it yeah does he does he get into method at all in this like did he want to be called ted off off scene did he kill people on his own time (laughs) was he strikingly handsome but murder people (laughs) (laughs) he didn't the only kind of uh thing that could verge on method is that they had lily not look at any of the crime stuff until the very end when there is it's not really a spoiler because when she has to see it when she has to accept it so that was all saved for that big turn and it's such that was the best part about the the whole film festival for me is that we're in this audience of people who were not quite as familiar with ted bundy's story as we were and when the turn happens you could just feel the air like sort of go out of the room when people had to see what he was really like and that yeah. was very exciting are you friends with <laughs> the air went friends? out of the room that was very exciting <laughs> you friends with zach now Haley? uh sure yeah <laughs> you guys text <laughs> Bean, no. for god's sakes i'm just asking <laughs> yeah, i know Jesus. is there a time that you will have lunch with him in the future do you do you want me to, to give you a heads up when that's happening so you uh, can, uh, yeah i do uh, you don't want to do that no please <laughs> i do have and you know kevin we've worked together a long time you know how rarely i ask for autographs yeah um, somebody almost did. never, yeah. yeah, almost never. Yeah, somebody did ask. God bless him, Zach, for an autograph for me, and I do have an autograph. Oh, that's him. great! That I do nice. have an autograph. For it him. bothers Zach me Adam. though <laughs> that a seventy-five-year-old man, or however old you are, uh-huh. fell in love right. with him on High School Musical. <laughs> I did. He's and done I'm... so many better projects than that, <laughs> and I support them all. I'm just uh, telling you, I my love has never dimmed, not for a second. Uh, and right. I'm so jealous of Haley okay. Joel Osment right now. All hey, right. Um, Netflix bought the thing for nine million dollars. When is it going to go up for us to see? I believe the fall is. Uh, uh, is what I heard, but yeah, that was that was very exciting for that to happen, very and it makes sense because it's it's now paired up on that streaming service with the incredible four part documentary that absolutely. Um, uh, Joe All did. right, so that's extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and violent. Of course, Future Man that we talked about in the last segment is available now on Hulu. Two great seasons. Check it out. Before you go, Haley, sixty seconds with Kevin is just going to fire questions at you for Sweet. one full minute. You just answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? You got it. Sixty seconds with Haley Joel Osment. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Paleontologist. What was the worst job you ever had? Uh, I mean, they've all been acting for the <laughs> you kids. You can pass. <laughs> you pass. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite <laughs> video game that you're not in? Uh, Legends of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. What's your move when a jury summon shows up in the mail? Uh, I've had to go four times in the past what? eight years. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. What would people be surprised to find out about you? Um, that 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 I'm that I'm I'm shy. What food would you banish from the earth if you had that power? Uh, Cincinnati chili. 
<laughs> so, so specific. Like a sex move. <laughs> Describe, poor, poor Describe yourself really. in a hashtag. Um, Angelino. What's the best concert you've ever seen? Um, Radiohead, Hollywood Bowl. Dog kisses on the mouth, yes or no? Sure. Do you collect anything? Uh, yes, uh, coins and stamps. Pineapple on pizza. Oh, uh, we'll never know. We'll never, never know. know. I don't we'll know why people are so mad about that one. Like, I don't mind Hawaiian pizza. Uh, well, from now time we know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't shut up. No. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Nice yeah. talking to you guys. Right. Bye now. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. Time for one more look at what's happening in for Allie. Here's Jensen. Oh, hi everyone. R. Kelly is going on the road. So you're going to say going to jail? No, he's going on the road. He is do, not. Do, gonna... do we need all of that? No, no. After multiple allegations of sexual abuse and kidnapping and rape and God, I don't know what. It, it's almost like a bingo of crimes for him. He announced this morning that he is going on tour to Australia, New Zealand, and Sri Lanka. He's leaving the, live up to the hype. He's leaving the country. He is. Maybe never come back. Right. But uh, does he not think that the news has, has will have gotten there ahead of his tour? I don't know if they, they care. They don't have news there being. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Right. He made the announcement on Instagram writing, new tour alert, Australia, New Zealand, Sri Lanka. See y'all soon with just a crown. The tour announcement is odd besides obviously being investigated for crimes because a similar tour was announced back in December but then R. Kelly quickly went on social media and said the tour announcement was fake so that's weird huh so it was the same tour that's odd Uh, in denying that tour he did tease saying watch my social though because we're doing an an international tour soon stay tuned for more King S in the very near future I want everything I do to be King S like, yo, I'm, I'm not sure what he means by that. I know. It's probably different than what I think. Yeah. And if you're under 16, ladies, free tickets. Uh, guys, I'm going to let that pass. <laughs> Please. This year's Super Bowl. And yet probably accurate. Yeah. Back to you. This year's Super Bowl uh, has a lot of controversy, not only just for the political aspect of it or the terrible halftime performance, but the fact that a lot of people just don't want to tune in. Our own Allie McKay, who's out today. She just didn't – she gave up on football. She gave up on football, though, because of them not handling domestic violence which like is they should, which is valid. Pretty valid. Yeah. Well, the ratings are in, and it seems like a lot of people agree with Allie. Uh, the defensive battle turned in a 44.9 share, which is the lowest since Pittsburgh and Arizona a decade ago. And Pittsburgh and Arizona, that's like an NFL television nightmare. Those are two markets that it's true. How dare you? It's my Cardinals. <laughs> I'm just saying no, it's you're not right. New York, LA, or it's not Chicago. It's not it's not a, a market city. So to have New England, Massachusetts, and LA yeah. not even come up to their standard seems pretty low. It was a five percent drop in viewers over last year and nearly a ten percent drop from the matchup of the Patriots and the Seahawks. Streaming numbers not in there yet, but how many people does that Work out too. Do you know? Um, 44 I mean, share? It's about 45 million people, but then with streaming, it's going to end up being like 70 to 80. No, I thought it was about 100 million they had for is TV. It? Yeah, is about 100 million. Well, I don't know. Right, I mean, right I around guess, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's about the share. So. It's just odd to me that you can get 100 million viewers and go, eh, we were down. Because you still got 100 million viewers. Yeah, yeah, but I think that they count on, you know, obviously it's all about advertising, and they're every year they raise the cost of a spot during the Super Bowl and I think they kind of make a So this hurts them. Yeah. They make a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, they sell against what it was last year. So anytime you oh, have a dip, it's bad news. But you know what did get good numbers? Over twenty million viewers for uh the James Corden show. 
with the judges on a wall. The world's greatest world's greatest people who've ever people existed. Who ever lived? Yeah, that did pretty well. How often has this happened, Jensen? I don't know why I'm asking you this. You're Please. not going to know. No, I'm an expert. But the same two cities that were in the World Series were also in the Super Bowl a couple of months later. Oh, yeah. That's unusual. That is unusual. Because it was Red Sox-Dodgers, yeah. if I remember correctly, in the World Series. And now it's Patriots-Rams. Well, you did it. Congrats. Uh, nice job. I'm just saying that can't have happened No, great very job, often. Bean. Yeah. Good job, Bean. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, where do we send the bonus? Do we? Where do we send it? I was just asking. It just it struck me as a weird, like trivia thing. Yeah, it is a weird trivia thing. Congrats, Bean. All right, back to you. Call now. No, don't, no, don't, don't, don't call now. now. Don't call. Uh, congratulations, Andy Cohen. You've created quite a career for yourself over at Bravo and New Year's and all the things you do. Love Connection, but you have finally conquered fatherhood. Yeah, bitch. Uh, last <laughs> night at age 50, he announced that he is a first-time dad with the birth of his child, Benjamin Allen. The tiny tot uh, came in at, well, I guess it's not so tiny, nine pounds, two ounces. That's huge. That is very large. Uh, he's been very active and vocal about uh, having a surrogate give birth to uh, his son. And he shared a black and white picture of himself holding the baby, and it was very cute. Benjamin Allen is the name of his grandfather on his mother's side, so it's a name very close to him. I like that name. It is. It's very nice. It's in. It's on the list. Put Danielle and I put it on the list. All right. Uh, name it exactly the same as Andy Cohen's baby. <laughs> Benjamin Allen Cohen. Same Car- last name. Yeah. Uh, and he said in the caption, I'm in love and speechless and eternally grateful to an incredible surrogate, and I'm a dad. Wow. Sex organs. Whoa. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Do you guys know when was the last time that a team, two teams in the World <laughs> Series, the cities also face each other in the Super Bowl? That can't be much. I thought it was a legitimate point. <laughs> uh, listen. That was Beans. Fun fact. The other day we had a whole segment about TV shows that we would like to come back. Things that, you know, maybe ended too early or things we would want to see kind of progress since they went off the air. Let me just interrupt. Yes. Bean, that was a fun fact. It actually was. You like it? Yeah. Congrats. Back to you. Wow. <laughs> I got to give you credit. It was. I'd like wow. to find out what other times it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jensen. I'm sorry. All right. TV well, shows you want to bring back. No one said Party of Five, and that might be for a reason. I don't know if any of us watched Party of Five or if any of us are trying to figure out what happened to them. But Freeform, the channel, has announced that they have picked up a reboot of the show from the original series creators Amy Lippman and Chris Kaiser. No, bitch! All right. It'll have 10 episodes and follow the Acosta family and uh, four children as they navigate daily life to survive as a family unit after their parents were suddenly deported to Mexico. Oh, so it's a documentary. Yes, yes, yes. It's very serious. It's and they're a- filming this in, in a thousand households across America right now. <laughs> Unable to find their children. Uh, I don't know. Party of Five, does it have a cult following? I don't think so still. I didn't think I mean, so. Obviously, there are some, but I don't think it's very mass appeal. No, I wouldn't think so. It's a poorly named show, too. It was not a party. Uh, no, not a party at all. No. Sadness of five. Yes. Uh, we are huge Jermaine Clement fans here at Kevin and Bean. So big news yesterday as they released the trailer and release date of What We Do in the Shadows, the television adaptation of a movie that I couldn't suggest more from 2014 starring Jermaine. And I said it la- I said it wrong last break. Oh. Taika Waidi? Taika Waidi? Am I saying it right, Bean? Nope, I'm saying it wrong. I'm just going like to let it sit. Let it sit. We Ty- know who you mean. Well, I guess. Uh, listen, March 27th, it's going to air on FX. Ten episodes. I'm very excited. You can go online now and watch the trailer. The movie is a mockumentary 
fake in the lines of like Best in Show or any of the Christopher Guest movies. Love, love. And you watch the lives of vampires uh, living in just modern day. They've been living in, in this case, in the TV show in America for 200 years. That sounds great to me. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And I'm so excited again, March 27th, 10 episodes. Go online and see the trailer. Give me Luda. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm with that guy. <laughs> birthdays today. Jennifer Jason Lee, Laura Linney, Tim Meadows, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses and Velvet Revolver, Darren Chris from Glee, and Bobby Brown, the singer and ex-husband of Whitney Houston. He's not problematic at all, is no. he? No. No. And that's what's happening. Thank you, Jensen. Uh, hopefully, Ali will feel better tomorrow. If you missed any part of today's show, you can get the entire thing on today's Kevin and B podcast at krock.com or radio.com. On your drive home today, listen to a commercial-free 5 p.m. hour, a random act of helpfulness from the so-called helpful Honda dealers. Tomorrow morning, an all-new Kevin and Bean show. We've got a brand-new internet roundup. Uh, we have comedian Brad Williams. Yes. Who's on Drop the Mic. Yes, he's going up against Nikki Glazer. How and- is he as a, as a rapper? He's very good. He is. He is very good, but we had the only issue we had is that this was a back and forth for about eight months with standards and practices. Oh, really? <laughs> this was a nightmare. Because they're not used to having to censor themselves no, as no, no. stand-up comedians, right? No. Yeah, and every couple minutes, either one of them would text me and go, How, what if I add this? <laughs> and I go, oh, that's bad news. <laughs> so that's tomorrow morning along with your muse ticket. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.